ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. The whistle blows. Courtney Vine for the semi-finals. She scores! She pulls away! Australia have won! This was a real where were you when moment. It took 20 penalty kicks, but the Matildas did what no other Australian team has done before. Made it to the semi-finals of a FIFA World Cup. Sam Kerr played significant minutes. Courtney Vine showed why the A-Leagues are a perfect place for growing world-class talent. And Mackenzie Arnold was enshrined as the Australian Minister for Defence. And what does all that earn the Tillies? A date with the Lionesses at Stadium Australia. This week, we are leaning right into football fever as the Matildas chase history with World Cup coverage all week. I'm Poppy Penny, and this is ABC Sport Daily. Neve Owens is a host of Optus Sports World Cup coverage. Neve, before we get to into the match and what happened on the park, emotions were so high on Saturday. You were there. How was your heart in the penalty shootout? Poppy, it was such an incredible thing to witness and experience and feel. It is one of those, you know, we use hyperbole in sports so often, but it really was one of those moments that people will ask, over the years, where were you when? Where were you when? And it was difficult to watch at times. It was incredibly (laughs) intense and emotional. Just between the two of us, I burst into tears after we got off air. I've never done that before, but the anxiety and the passion and the emotion of the 120 minutes and then the 20 penalty kicks. (laughs) I couldn't cope and I have no idea how the players managed it. I said to the players, I looked them in the eyes and said, trust me when I say you're prepared for this moment. Trust the preparation. And and that's all we spoke about. Said, you're ready. Let's show the world that we're ready as well. It was incredible. What can you say about that? That was was astonishing. It really was. The scenes were just beyond anything I think that anyone could ever imagine. And I want to talk on pitch now. The match itself was so tense. How did you see the Matildas form throughout the scoreless 90 minutes and then scoreless extra time? Do you know what, Poppy? I don't think I have actually spent a moment in the aftermath of this game thinking about the 120 minutes that came before (laughs) the penalty shootout. Nothing could separate Australia and France over 120 minutes of football. We got so caught up in that moment itself that the rest of the game gets a little bit forgotten. But it was one of those real games of cat and mouse. There were periods of dominance from both sides. There were periods where I felt certain a goal was coming for Australia, where the attack clicked when Sam Kerr came on in the 55th-ish minute of this contest. And Sam Kerr is about to enter the fray. The 10 minutes or so following that change felt like Australia had this momentum going forward. They had a new target, a new point of attack, and I felt so certain that the goal was going to come in those moments. It didn't, and France wrestled back momentum after that. And as we waited for that whistle to blow at the end of regular time, it was really France on the front foot. And I was looking at a number of the Aussie players thinking, we haven't used a huge number of substitutions throughout this tournament, the least number of outfield players, for example, in any of the quarterfinal teams. And I think you started to see that. Hayley Rasso looked out on her feet by the end. She's scored three goals at this World Cup. She has been immense. 
Katrina Gorry, whose heat maps have shown us throughout this tournament that she covers the breadth of this field like no other player. And they all had to work extra hard in this game to combat the pace of the French attack. So the likes of Hayley Rasso, of Caitlin Ford, of Katrina Gorry, they were covering so much ground defensively to help cover the Aussie back four that I think rest and recovery this week will be number one on the agenda because that was a hugely debilitating contest physically as well as emotionally. I was exhausted, so I can't imagine how the players actually felt. Neve, I want to talk about Mackenzie, the brick wall, Arnold in goal. How enormous was she, not just in the penalties, but throughout the entire match? She kept another clean sheet, which is just phenomenal. Three clean sheets in a row for the Aussies, never been done before at a World Cup from an Australian perspective, and Mackenzie Arnold was a huge part of that. Shoots on goal, and it's a good stop again by Mackenzie Arnold. The cheer around the stadium for the save. She pulled off some incredible saves throughout the 120 minutes of football that had me feeling confident, as confident as you can going into a shootout, because it just felt like she was buzzing. She was in fine form. And I was next to Chloe Legazzo on the Optus Sport panel, and Chloe was saying Mackenzie Arnold is the best keeper in penalty shootouts that Chloe has ever seen. Do you know, throughout the shootout then, Poppy, when and Macca stepped up. She took penalty number five for Australia. Mackenzie Arnold at the top of the penalty area. Steps forward, shoots, sits the post. She's hit the post. And then had the resilience, the mental fortitude to step back on the line immediately afterwards to continue then in her number one role as the goalkeeper. She's saved again. She's saved it again. I thought she was immense. I want to talk about Courtney Vine and that final penalty. As you touched on, she jailed that last goal and I have goosebumps just thinking about it. She plays for Sydney FC in the A-Leagues and this has got to be the best ad that that league could possibly imagine. How important is it now for football in this country to capitalise on this momentum? Courtney Vine is already the superstar of the A-League women's. She's an incredible player for Sydney FC. We see her fanging it up and down the edge in (laughs) sky blue throughout the A-League season. And we've seen that at an international level now throughout this World Cup as well. I felt so anxious watching her step up to that penalty spot. She is one of those beautifully understated humans. I just don't think I've realised that, you know, just scored the game-winning penalty to get us to a semi-final. You have these great conversations with her. She's self-deprecating. She doesn't exude confidence as some players do. You know, it just doesn't feel like it's happened, but it has. (laughs) But as she stepped up to that penalty spot, she absolutely exuded confidence. She looked so calm and in control. And you can be 100% sure that European clubs are going to come a-knocking for Courtney Vine's signature. It's Courtney Vine who steps forward for Australia. And from an A-League's perspective, all 23 players in this Matildas squad came through the A-Leagues. And so I think that ability for young Aussies to go and see that next gen week in, week out over the course of this summer is going to be a really exciting one. And I hope one that Australian football fans take advantage of. I hope they have seen 
the excitement, the skill on display throughout this World Cup. And I hope we as football fans then back up over the course of the summer and take our youngsters along to see the next generation of Matildas in action because there's so much excitement here at home. And I think for Courtney Vine, we're looking at the world is her oyster kind of moment. This is stuff you dream of. Like This is stuff you kind of wish would happen in your career. It's, as you touched on, a really short turnaround for the Matildas. Now, their match against England is Wednesday night. Sam Kerr played big minutes off the bench for the first time this tournament. Tony Gustafson used only three subs throughout the match. So I imagine, as you touched on, there are some tired bodies in the aftermath of this. What does this week look like for the Tillies on the track? This week is all about recovery. Today, all of those players who have played big minutes throughout this tournament will be focused on recovery only, both mentally and physically, ahead of that clash with England on Wednesday night. Then sleep and recovery is key. Uh, I mean, it's massive amount of physical output uh, from the game today from a lot of players, so recovery is key. We see often during major tournaments, England, for example, when they won the Euros last year, they rely on a core bunch of players. England started with the same starting 11 in every game throughout that Euro tournament. And Australia has taken a very similar approach in this tournament. Only two changes to the starting lineup throughout the five games, no changes in the last three games. And I think Tony Gustafsson's used 17 of his 23-player squad. So there's continuity there. There's consistency. We can see that as a unit they're humming. What I hope we don't see is some really tired legs and maybe a game too many. I mean, my calves are great. Um, Every day I feel better, obviously, with more training, more recovery. But they're physically an extremely fit side and they're quick they're playing in the best leagues around the world it's a short turnaround though poppy and i think this week will be about resting those bodies ahead of what is going to be a monumental clash on wednesday neve i want to quickly touch on their opponents the lionesses what can we expect from them australia will be the highest ranked side that england has faced so far they haven't faced a single top 10 opponent in this Women's World Cup and Serena Wiegmann, their coach, has said... I think uh, this World Cup is incredibly challenging. You, we could not predict any any score. She is one of the most experienced coaches out there. Interestingly, all tournaments in the last over two decades in women's football, all major tournaments have been won by teams with a female coach. And Serena Wiegmann and her Lionesses are the last team that remains in this competition with a female at the helm. Her record in major tournament football is incredible. She has won something like 22 out of her last 23 games in major tournaments as a head coach. The only loss in there came at the last Women's World Cup when she was in charge of the Netherlands and it came in the final. So her record is immense and the Lionesses know how to perform at this point in a tournament. This is the fifth major tournament in a row that they've reached the semi-finals. We'll see some incredible matchups from club level, like Sam Kerr v Millie Bright, both play for Chelsea in the WSL. That will be a fascinating battle. Will we see Sam Kerr start? The Lionesses will be well aware that the crowd will be 100% on the side of the Aussies in this one, maybe 95% poppy. We'll give give the English 5% of the 80-odd thousand that we'll see at stake. Australia. They went behind against Colombia and were the first team in the knockout stages of this year's competition to win despite the fact they'd conceded the first goal. And England are through to the semi-finals of 
They'll still be missing Lauren James. There are so many talking points heading into this clash. I feel like we need another hour. <laughs> Neve Owens, I'm feeling excitement. I'm feeling emotional. I'm feeling a little bit of panic. Thank you so much for your time and enjoy the rest of this tournament. Oh, Poppy, that panic is going to build over the next 24 to 48 hours. Enjoy every minute. Headlines. Staying with the round ball game and Ange Postacoglu made his Premier League debut in true Ange Postacoglu style. There were smiles, grimaces, banter with the crowd on the sideline and some Ange ball style of football to top it all off as Tottenham drew with Brentford to all. All the scoring happened in a frenetic first half as the Spurs looked to cover the loss of English striker Harry Kane who announced last week he was moving to Bayern Munich. Postacoglu's next challenge, Manchester United on Sunday morning Australian time. How will he be spending his week preparing? Watching the Matildas, of course. whole nation's sort of uh, got right behind the Matildas, rightly so. They've been outstanding and uh, semi-final against the English. Um, I'm glad I'm here. I'll be able to rub it in a few noses if, uh, if the girls get up, which I'm sure they will. Shots fired. Golf and Cam Smith has won his second Live Golf event of the season at Trump National Golf Club Bedminster over the weekend, finishing 12 under. His team, Ripper GC, also took out top spot for the weekend. It moves the Queenslander to the top of the league's rankings ahead of Taylor Gooch and Patrick Reed. And he does it. Cameron Smith has decimated a world-class field. In the AFL and Sydney Swan, Paddy McCartan has announced his retirement after a string of concussion issues kept his career to 63 games across two clubs. The former number one pick has been in consultation with doctors since his most recent concussion in round four and informed his teammates today that he would be stepping away. More retirement news also from the Eagles with injury hit Ruckman Nick Natanui saying he feels he's exhausted every avenue to work through an Achilles injury this season but his body is telling him that it's time. And in Tennis Australian Alex Dimonor has gone down to Yannick Sinner in the final of the Canadian Open 6-4-6-1. Despite the loss, his performance in the tournament moves him up to number 12 in the world, a career-high ranking for the Australian number one. His focus will now turn to the Cincinnati Masters as he continues his tune-up for the US Open, which starts at the end of this month. I'm Poppy Penny and this is ABC Sport Daily, produced by Joel Cassim. If you too have Matilda's mania, there is a link to our chat with Ellie Carpenter in the show notes. Plus, this whole week will be all about the Women's World Cup. Thanks to Optus Sport and 7 Plus for the extra audio used in this episode. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.